0: What up legend i just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast i love doing it and i'm spending my entire summer producing two to three high quality episodes every single week i'm also building out my youtube channel and my instagram account with honest epic and funny clips from the pod so you can check them out there too if you want to show some support that would be in the world to me to do this just subscribe to the pod hook me up with a rating maybe a little five stars. And uh, if you ever see me or feel like letting me know that you enjoy it, just shoot me a message because I love hearing from you. All right. Enjoy this awesome episode. Yoris Joseph in the house. Hell to the yes, my guy. Dude, thank you so much for being a guest.
1: I'm sorry for uh, not being a guest earlier. Listen, you never have to apologize to me, bro. I, I feel like <laughs> I have to because I, I told you like I sent you a me- like I saw one episode you did. And I was like, oh, you know what, that looks fun. And you talked really nice about me one night, one time. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you know what, I, I really want to join that podcast. So I reached out to you. I was like, hey, man, I want to join your podcast. And you were like, okay, let's do it this
0: Tuesday or whatever. And I never replied. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's life, man. You're a busy guy. Thank you, man. Yeah, and I think, like, we kind of got in contact again last night because I saw you in a car with two... Assassins Two yeah. of my favorites And with you I was like Oh my god That show looks fucking crazy It's
1: really nice Like I I, uh, I was with Espen Abrahamson And uh, Ahmed Mamov mm. I say it like that It's like probably Ahmed Mamov For the regular guy That's how I say it Mamau I butcher Ahmed Mamal Or Ahmed Mammo, As we call it in, in Somali And I had uh, Gucci there yeah. With me as well So it was a really good show yeah. and, uh, I really enjoyed it and uh you sent me a message. You're like, ah, oh, that's a killer lineup. And then uh, I told I told the guy in the back, Espen, I was like, hey man, like, in your 7 on the message. You got his number? Yeah, just call him right away. Let's call. It. Just call him. I'm I'm ready to come. And this room is beautiful, man. Thanks. It's beautiful. You got like, dude, some fucking healing crystals and shit. What is this healing crystal, man? Dude, I think that's an amethyst. Are you like an old school hippie? I'm pretty old school hippie, dude. I'm like a new school hippie. You know what's the difference? I feel like the new school hippie. We just jumped straight to DMT. Yeah. You guys had to, like, sp- 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 do some
0: guitar in the oh, meanwhile. Dude, we had to fuck some chicks with hairy pussies. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys didn't get the hairy pussy We didn't era. get the hairy pussy, bro. You Fucked up, bro. You went straight to the DMT and shaved pussies. But you you're
1: Australian ex-hippie.
0: Exactly. Like, that's like
1: a, a cliche, can
0: it's I say It's such a that? cliche. I'm a cliche of myself. You are. Of co- dude, yeah. I mean, I go surfing and I smoke weed and I fucking have crystals in my studio. So what's your, like,
1: what's your origin story? Which one? Like, how did you end up in Norway? Oh, super easy, girl. Yeah, yeah. Girl. That's that's how you Aust- Australians end up like in new
0: countries. Like that's it. That's how we spread, man.
1: Nobody like if asking Australian like, "What do you do here?" Oh, it's because of work. It's never because of work. It's never because of like I fled a war. Mm-mm. It's not because of politics. It's always because I met this girl, man. Do we fled ugly chicks? You fled ugly <laughs> chicks and you came <laughs> to the pretty ones. That,
0: that's not even true because women in Australia are beautiful. Yeah, but if it wasn't for I think I think like maybe so so many. You're right. So many people that come from first world countries, Uh, they're there for love. It's either like fucking somebody that they fell in love with or somebody that they're attracted to that race. A hundred percent.
1: And the thing about like Australians too, is like I've traveled a lot and Australia is like the only country in the world where like as soon as you are of age, you just get the fuck out of there. It's weird, right? It's really weird. Like everywhere, everywhere else in the world, people like some go to military, some go to school, some go to, like some travel. But, but Australians they like to travel and specifically like to like Asian countries mm. and countries where they can like get value for their money mm-hmm. and just like travel. And they're
0: like really professional travelers too. Dude, backpacking's like our national sport. It is, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, when they turned 18 or 19, they're like, all right, I'm going to work, save up, and then see you in a year. Yeah. See yeah, you yeah. in two years. Oh, coffee delivery. Ooh, thank, thank you so much. So this enough. is uh, the reason why you're trapped in this country. This is it. This yeah. is my Venus fly trap. This you, is my honey you trap. You Venus fly <laughs> trap. <laughs> but you travel a lot, you said. I travel a lot. And why
1: do you travel? What's, I, the, what's the deal there? I travel a lot because I, as long as I'm, I'm in Norway, Yeah. I always kind of work. Like if, mm. I, if I'm if i not like actively working, like I'm thinking of work, mm. and if I'm not thinking of work, I'm like calling someone and try to like get a ball rolling so I can think of more work. Like I guess so like obsessed with like work I and gotcha. projects and opportunities. And it's like such a weird, like the life that in comedy life that we have is like, you can do so much different things, you know? Like you can write television one day, you can do radio, you can do stand-up show, you can host a stand-up show, you can set up a podcast, you can invite people to an event, you can like, you can do so many things. And Mm. I feel like my head is always like, when I have so many opportunities, Mm. I just end up like, being obsessed
0: and just want to like explore everyone okay so you have an obsessive personality uh, i have
1: it's more like adhd yeah i was like unmedicated for like quite some time
0: yeah and then the only way that you can kind of switch off from that constant th- fucking tiktok of thoughts is to check out and go to another country yeah and especially like a con like
1: i did a, a grave mistake in the beginning where i traveled to countries where coffee, uh, uh, coffee man yeah. but i traveled to co- uh, countries where i uh, did stand-up comedy. Hold
0: on. Sorry. One second. Tuna. Tuna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, my girlfriend's going to leave. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're the one that's not on crutches. Yeah. Do you, do you lo- mind, lock the door. Yeah. Do you mind following around 100%, 100%. lock the door? 100%. 100%. Thanks so much. Bye, Tuna. Bye-bye. Uh, I love you. I'm in a healthy relationship. <clears throat> I think it's important to tell people that you love them. And that's a... Uh, Regular thing that I like to do. So this is a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of romantic advice. Whilst we wait for Yoon, is to get back and continue telling us about the never-ending train of thoughts that he has. And he has to. He can't just. Can't just switch off. He has to leave the country. Wow.
1: I got news for you, buddy.
0: Yeah. What's the news, bro? Your girlfriend's name is Tune. That's what I said. No, you say tuna. Tu- tuna. Uh, how do you say it? Tuna. Tuna? Yeah. Fuck, I've been calling her a fish all this time. <laughs> oh, fuck, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can
1: you see the camera uh, if I if I'm sitting correctly? Yeah, let's double Just, check. Let's double check so in
0: case I'm not sitting correctly. Oh, dude, you were sitting so fucking correctly. I was? You were nailing the sitting Thank thing. you, man. Holy shit. I'm a big traveler too, man, and the thing that like, you know, when I was how old was I? Must have been 21, 20, 21 or something, I went backpacking for almost 3 years. Three years. Three years. Like on the road for on three years? On the road for three. I settled in a couple of places. Like I settled in Canada for about six months, yeah. snowboarding. Yeah. And then I settled in the Caribbean for about five or six months oh, as well. Fucking, that must be awesome. Dude, it was great because I went from snow and mountains and I went to. Oh, shit. So unprofessional. Of no! Me. I like this Christ. vibe, man is it, it t- sh- is it tuna? It's tuna. It's I- tell her it's okay. tuna. Okay. Tuna, you're on speakerphone, and uh, yeah. I love you. Uh, hi, I love you,
1: but now I'm locked out, and
0: I just remembered maybe I'm going to start a fire if I don't fix a thing with the coffee machine. I, I could turn it off. Okay, you need to turn it off, babe.
1: And her name is?
0: And your name is Tuna. 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 <laughs> Tuna. I put, I put a cloth on top of the, the heater. Okay, there's a cloth on top. Yonis, know, take the cloth off the heater and turn the heater off, please. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, I see him? Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> on the okay. okay. <laughs> All, right. All, right. All right. All right. See ya. Bye bye. I love you. Aww. All right. Yonis is pre- Yonis <laughs> Yonis is on fire prevention. Oh my god, dude! This is I lo- I- this is so chaotic. I love it. Yeah. Oh, that was she.
1: So she was right. Like, yeah, if she didn't like come back, yeah, it would yeah, probably
0: yeah. start burning. I know, and we're probably like, fuck something, something special. Is it weed? Is it weed? <laughs> yeah, is it weed, <laughs> bro? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it is up. <Grunelukka. laughs>
1: I have this thing about the Car- caribbeans man. Like, I've traveled yeah. to like everywhere <laughs> in the world I wanted to travel, except for two places, yeah. and that's Japan, and it's the Caribbean. Mm. And the reason I have not like went to the Caribbean is like because I know I will love it so much yeah I would probably not go anywhere else. Yeah So before I like explore Caribbean, I just want to see Nepal and Thailand and Kenya and all that shit mm. and after that, I would love to like,
0: where in Caribbean did you go? Dude, I went to an island called Utila, which is off the coast of Honduras. It's like a small backpacking, scuba diving island. And
1: Honduras is crazy as fuck, yeah? Honduras
0: is loco. They murder people like every hour there or something, yeah? Yeah, yeah, man. When I was there, they don't have police, but they have island's justice. So every now and again, you'd get the fucking guys in the masks from the police force come onto the island, take out some bad guys, clean up, and then get out of there. And did, did they take out bad guys? I think so, bro. Because it's also like a jumping point for like cocaine smuggling yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So they they did there was some shit on that island, bro. Fucking hell. It's sketchy, you know. What I mean? But that, it's not as bad as it is now. And it was an island that made all its money from tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like sketched out. But like the stuff that's happening now, bro, that's yeah. fucking loco. All these like dudes with tattoos on their faces and MS thirteen, MS thirteen, fucking, that shit scares me as fuck, man. Yeah, but I guess that's just what happens when people don't have any opportunities. Yeah, and they're like, oh, let's just kill each other and run drugs. But like, how broke were you during those like three years? I was, wasn't. I wasn't that broke, but I was really good at not spending cash. I okay. was just really cash savvy. I was sleeping in hostels. I was like buying food for like a dollar a day kind of thing like yeah, that. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And I actually had a job in Honduras. So What, was, you, what do you do? I was a dive master in training. Dive. Sounds so wait. Sexy, so you right? do jujitsu. <sighs> yeah, you were a dive master. Keep going. You traveled a lot. <laughs> you do comedy. You so fuck chicks with hairy pussies. You fuck
1: chicks with hairy pussies. Uh,
0: Australian cliche.
1: Uh, Australian cliche. <laughs> <laughs> One more, dude. Come on, man. That's all you need, That's, bro. Right. We got, it. Is, we got it. We got you locked have like, in. I talked to like some people about you. And I'm like... He has such a good vibe oh, about him. Like like you, you have this thing that I really enjoy that you don't see a lot in like Norwegian in the Norwegian comedy scene. But you have like genuine appreciation for comedy, hundred percent. Yeah. So when you see funny people, like I can sense it in you. Like mm. you are not like I love this guy because if I like him, he might like me. Like it's no like political thinking. Mm. It's just like he's funny as fuck. Yeah. I like it. I like that. And I I am the same. Yeah. Like as long as you're funny, like you have my respect in some ways. Yeah. And there's some people like that, like struggle with that type of like appreciation because like in Norway, it feels like a lot of the the appreciation, the respect you get is always like um, it comes with strings attached. You know, it's like ah, I supported you now, so. Mm. i kind of expect your support when i do something or mm. uh, it's such a like uh but 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 to, but to have that like genuine 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 mm. like love for yeah comedy and for like bits and for like what they do uh, that's really like I, I appreciate that
0: dude i am such a fan of the art form and I, I understand that like so many people do it in so many different ways that like i would never i, I sometimes i don't even know how it works like i always say it feels like magic sometimes uh, and like people start like here's a really good example um when you're doing comedy I don't think you're doing comedy. I feel like you're talking to just me. And it doesn't matter how many people are in the audience. I feel like, oh, Jonas is like talking straight to me. And I go, but there's 150 other people here. and I bet they all, it just, you know what I mean? It just feels effortless and it feels like really different. It's just really you. Thank you. And I've
1: really worked on that too. Like my my style has uh, changed a lot. Like, I don't know, like if, you, if some people saw me like eight years ago and they saw me again, like they might think it's the same guy, but like my approach to comedy has uh, changed dramatically since I started. Yeah, you've probably learned a lot. I learned a lot, and after I learned, like first I learned a lot, and then after I learned a lot, I, I started to like learn more about myself, you know? And then after I learned more about myself, I'm like, okay, you kind of get like more familiar with your own strengths yeah. and your weaknesses and you start like leading into your strengths. And What did, like, you, what did you learn about yourself? What I learned about myself was like, like when I started comedy, I did not know like anything about comedy at all. Like mm-hmm. I did not know about like the comedy business. I did not know like stand-up. I thought like stand-up was like joining a dart club, you know? Mm. Like I thought it was like a really small club of really specially interested people. That were doing stand up comedy. But I was a fan of like Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams and mm-hmm. Chris Tucker <laughs> and all these African American uh, c- comedians that I used to like enjoy on YouTube and also like Louis C.K. I i just enjoyed stand up on YouTube. Yeah. But I enjoyed it just as much as the average Joe. Yeah. You know, like I had not like, I was not the one who was like, oh, I saw comedy. I was like, oh, one day I'm going to become a comedian i did not know what the fuck a comedian was mm. i thought it was like something just a fun thing you did every once in a while so when I, I first found out about stand-up comedy it was like in a stand-up club here in oslo and there was this guy on stage that was like just bombing so bad like he said was terrible he was talking about like uh, uh, rape and abortions and cancer and he was just not flying at all. And then after he went off stage, he got an applause. And I was like, oh, is that the worst thing that happens? Like you get an applause? And in my head at the time, I was like, I wanna do, I wanna do that. But I thought stand-up comedy was, you just go up and you just talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not know like you came prepared. Yeah. I did not know like people wrote jokes. I, di- I didn't know even jokes were a story. I thought jokes was like, knock, knock, who's there? Yeah. I thought that was a joke. I did not know like a funny conversation is a joke or a funny sentence is a joke. I-, I just thought like yeah, it had to be like a joke, joke to be a joke. So I did not know anything, dude. So when I started, like d- when I went to the course from uh, Rice Taekumiki cool Club, like I, I didn't want to do that course either. I was like, how can they teach me to be funny? Like, I don't even think they're funny. Mm. Like, I- are they going to teach me to be funny? Like, so it was like such a, uh, a weird thing. But I did that course. And I learned a lot about the craft of comedy. And I am really grateful I did that. Cause I see like uh, today, it's like a lot of comedians, I think, that are are coming up, that kind of skip that craft part Mm. and just wanna go straight to be a comedian, be a cool comedian part, you know? Mm. But when I learned about the craft, it was like, oh, this is a setup, this is a punchline, this is how you write, Mm. this is like, this is a joke, this is not a joke, this is a tagline, this is a uh, segue, this is a closer and how to arrange your set and all Mm. that. So I just, like, I was obsessed Mm. to, I wanted to be good with that, you know? Yeah, with with the scholarly part, with the academic side of it. 100%, I wanted to like sit, I used to sit down and write every word I said, and I used to practice, I used to practice the spacing, like, oh, the the hair I want extra space I used to practice that and I was like doing that uh, for my uh, for the first like three years of my career I'd say yeah and I've never had like so much success as a stand-up comedian as I had during those days like I had like this one joke that I wrote like in this manner yeah just like working on it doing it going home working on it doing it just back and forth until the the joke was kind of perfected yeah and that joke was about like uh the holiday of eid in uh islam Mm. and nrk put up a clip of me doing that bit and it went like viral Mm. uh, on facebook at the time and that was like a hundred percent like a direct result of how i like approached the craft like Mm. how i wrote and how but after those three years, I was like, okay, I'm really, I'm I'm good at writing now. I'm good at this. What are my weaknesses? I was like, my weaknesses are improvisation uh, and crowd work and being like being alive on stage. Like that's my big weakness. I can go up and I can perform my ass off and make the audience love me, but I I struggle to be like comfortable and just like be myself on stage. And I'm like. And, and who am I on stage? I wanna, like, I don't know, I'm 23, 24. Like, I don't know who I am as a person, you know? Mm. So I'm like, okay, who am I on stage? And who am I as a person? And who am I as a comedian? And then I started exploring like crowd work and improvisation and like riffing things on the spot. And I went from like writing at home to like writing on stage and writing on stage is like you, you explain comedy as magic yeah and for me that is the closest thing to magic in comedy there is because i have a premise i don't know i really from my heart don't know where this premise will land so you don't have any kind of idea I, you just go okay premise I, I, might, and go. I might have an idea or two but an idea is never like T- t- uh, more than the next part you know but yeah when i start i'm going to the the 10th part the yeah, 11th yeah. part and i have no idea where i'm going so i have to like be in a good mood i have to like enjoy the crowd i have to enjoy the audience and i've like learned about myself like i expect a lot from my audience mm. if if i don't like the audience if i don't like if i don't Feel like they respect what I do, or mm. if they don't like enjoy the craft of comedy, mm. I just give them the old bits. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I don't, I don't want to like explore and have fun because if you're really into comedy, yeah, that's a it might it can be a beautiful thing to, yep. connect, to connect with me like that, but if you're not like in tune, I don't want to do it. So, oh, so it's a wavelength vibe check kind I, of thing. I, I always do that. Like wow. when I go on stage, I in the beginning of my career, I was like a, a a sucker too. Like I, like I came on stage. Like, how are you guys doing? And they're like, way. And I'm like, okay, that's my level. So I just automatically I was there, you know. Mm. But if I came to a gig and I was like, hey, how are you guys doing? they're like, yeah. My next was like, hey. So yeah. yeah. So I just like I joined them and I learned. Like I remember in year four or five, I'm like, wait a second, I. I, I am the one in control here. I have the microphone. Yeah. So if they're here, I don't need to settle for hair. I can bring them up. I can. Yeah, you lead the charge. I, I can lead the charge and bring them up to my level. Yeah. And bring them hey. up to where I want them, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. So that took a while to figure out, huh? Mm.
1: Yeah. It takes a long while, man. To- and and I feel like a little bit sorry for um a lot of the comedians coming up right now. Because uh, it's such so many comedians mm. that are working, and so many comedians that are like competing for the mics. Yep, and a lot of the young ones and the new ones don't get to see the professional ones that much. Yeah, you know, so they don't have like the. I feel like people are trying to skip all the parts, uh, all the boring parts of doing comedy. Yeah, to like straight to the cool part, you know? I think you're right. I feel like I'm I right. I think so. And I've I've been watching a lot of comedy the last year and I, I, I really enjoy some of the new comedians. I really enjoy them because they bring something really new but I am also like a bit saddened because the comedy scene has changed a lot uh, the last five years mm. and in a lot of aspects it's changed to the worse. I'd
0: really say, i really had would say so wow because yeah. as somebody who started comedy in the last five years i don't really have anything previously to compare no. it to and for like us it feels like oh shit there's all these spots popping off yeah. like people are putting on shows left and right yeah but
1: it's it's also like it feels like a lot of like i've, I've seen some shows and uh I, I like like it's it's a lot of exciting and i, I don't want to be the one who that bashes new comedians because i love them. yeah I, I love them from all my heart but It's like a different way to approach comedy. I feel like because when I started coming up, all all we were talking was like, "Oh shit, that guy, he has a killer bit." You you heard? Have you heard that bit? Have you heard that bit of Rasmus vol? Have you heard that Uli bit? Have you heard that Hendrik Flotsit bit? Oh, that's a funny bit. We were talking about each other's bits. Mm. We were talking about each other's content. You know. I understand. But now, when you are talking when they're like, "Oh, that guy." He's such a cool comedian, man. Oh, he's such a good comedian, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but tell me about his content, you know? Mm. And so, like, I remember, like, when we came up, the content was kind of leading charge. Yeah. And then you were a comedian. But now it's like you are kind of like... I, it's also because of that, like, instantaneous thing where people mm. want to climb quickly. Yeah. So people want to skip, like, the content creation product. Wow. That's, what I, that's my feeling, though.
0: Dude, that's a really interesting perspective because you came up in an era where the joke and the craft of it was yeah. the thing that you were like really focused on. And really measured on. And really measured on. Yeah. But now it's more like, oh, he's cool. Yeah. He's this, he's that. Yeah. And it's not so much about that bit of this guy is like, wow. Yeah, and that's, the, that's
1: and, and the, the result of that is I see some comedians that do unoriginal bits Yeah. And if they were like more content-orientated, they would know, oh, that bit you did. Someone did that bit four years ago. Oh, you know what? Oh, you think that's a cool bit? Sorry, we heard that bit. Okay. That guy did it seven years ago. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and I even saw, I've seen some comedians uh, like do some of my bits too. Mm. And it's so weird because probably like some of them don't know about the bit. I suspect some do, but some probably don't even know about the bit. But, if you don't know about the bit it means like you don't study comedy like you don't watch you don't watch the greats you don't watch the yeah. b- you don't see what the best are doing because i remember like when i came up dude i'm telling you like i wrote a joke yeah and then i was like oh this looks like a good joke and then instead of being happy i was super nervous i'm like who maybe this is someone else's bit yeah. so i was like googling that bit for two days just like I was so afraid of like coming to the comedy club and doing a bit and people were like, oh, so he's doing CK now, mm. you know? So yeah, I feel like that content uh, creation aspect of it. And it's also because I feel like I have been a bad influence uh, myself because I do like a lot of crowd work and, and improvisation. And I know that's inspired a lot of the young ones. And you also, I also feel like TikTok and YouTube and like when people like post their content on TikTok, they don't post their crafted joke they nah, don't because posted, they don't want to
0: burn the bits no
1: they save the great bit to the show yeah but what they flood the internet market with is oh so what do you work with oh heckly interrupted oh, blah blah so now now there's a generation that come that want to do stand-up comedy based on those instances yeah instead of the i i things. see what you
0: mean man you know somebody who doesn't do that yeah. who i really admire is espen abrahamson he's old school man he is because mm. i look at him and he posts a new video and it's oh that's polished bit he, polished bit no no fucking crowd work
1: no but he's old school and that's why i think like if you've seen espen like mm. from all the new comedians he's like one of the ones that the older comedians like get up here dude come yeah. in here dude yeah because he has like this discipline where it's like, I remember, like, when I fell in love with Espen, it was, like, I, uh, I heard about him. I was, like, oh, is he good? It's, like, yeah. It's, like, oh, where is he today? Oh, he drove, like, two hours to do a five-minute set, mm. you know? Mm. And he never, like, asked for spots he was not ready for. Yeah. You know? Like, I don't, you don't know how much, like, I used to run Hangover mm. every Sunday. And so many comedians came, oh, can I perform? Can I perform? I'm, like, listen, dude, like, if you were like good enough to perform i would know like yeah. it's not that i have not like seen your talent It's that you need to develop more because the ones i'm putting on has like been doing this r- correctly for six years yeah. correctly for eight years ten years so i'm putting these people on because these are like trusted you are a risk mm. you're still a risk you know yeah i always had a healthy respect for spots like that like I, you know, you never asked me no. and, I, and I respect that too yeah. because you, you wait for your turn in the right manner and yeah. you, people don't want to be rude like let's say you're doing a uh, let's say you're doing a show where I want to have three headliners, you know, and I bring like Dog Sears and I bring uh Sigrid Bonnetusvik, and I have one more spot. Mm. There are really like some comedians today mm. coming up that has like barely 5 minutes that would shamelessly ask for that last spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were like, "Oh, I see. There's available spot between dog turtles and Signet. Can I have that spot? Like, and they don't like understand the value of being ready. Yeah, because like, I told Espen about this too. Like, he's been working like really, really, really good, and he he's he will see, and he's already seen like people that he came up with like like fly by, Mm. you know, like oh, just suddenly landing opportunities and. And there might be like a part of you that's like, oh fuck, why don't I get that? And that's like supernatural to get. But I'm, but I'm trying to tell them like, oh, you're one of the lucky ones because they are getting burnt early because mm. they're getting like putting a position early that they can't hold. Mm. While you, when you get your shot and when you get your opportunity, you will be ready. Yeah. And that's like, and that's the same goes for you. And the same goes for like the people that work correctly that are patient and that don't like and knows the process and trust the
0: process you know? yeah man for me hangover was always like there Ooh. like hangover for for me and a lot of the friends and comedians that i kind of started with yeah. hangover was like the thing that you dreamt about that you looked up to and
1: that's cool to too you know and
0: I, I i was like not like uh i just i just always felt like i put Hangover and even near Mm. on this like next level. And I was like, okay, I don't want to take a shot there and fuck it up. And then they go, oh, you weren't ready. Back two steps. Yeah. And I just never, I just always wanted to make sure that like when I take my shot, Mm. that you're not going to regret it. And that's why I think that one of the things that I did correctly on Hangover
1: was that I said no to a lot of people. Like, yeah. a lot of people want to perform and then i i made this rule earlier where i was like i you don't ask to get booked i ask if you want to perform mm. like because i don't do like i ask you if you want to perform and if i if you haven't heard from me i'll come I, you you'll hear from me but don't ask me for the spot i yeah. will ask you do, so, I, so i just put that in people's head
0: you just reminded me of something you are doing a fucking royal rumble you're doing a comedy, Battle Royale. Battle Royale what? Yeah. I saw that, I fucking got you, you gotta enjoy that one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you dude. I saw it as like 100K prize money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck, man? That, I, I could tell you about that. that tell is, me. Uh,
1: that was, uh, I enjoy that a lot uh, because it's, I, I like I said, man, I, I really love stand-up, man. And I really love like new voices and I really love like the, the, I love what's happening right now. Like, I've been like critical, like today, where I'm talking about, like, oh, people are content oriented or whatever. But I really, 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 really love comedy. Really love the new voices. Really love people coming up. And I really want to back that, you know? That's what I want to do with Hangover, for instance. Like, oh, you have someone's been really good. You guys don't know about them. Let's highlight them and Mm -hmm. put them in front of you guys. And then, I saw like they, they did this thing on uh TV where they did uh folkets Yeah. And that was uh really like for me uh it was a missed opportunity because they wanted to like find people all over the country that were uh, wanted to be funny enough to get in, but I wanted I wanted it to be a show reel of all the young stand ups coming up right now. Mm. I wanted to be like, oh, you guys, you guys don't know, we have a lot of stand up comedians in Norway. Mm. And most of them got at least a good minute. Oh, you yeah. Know? Most of them got like, maybe if they don't got like Killer 10, they got at least a killing minute. Yeah. They got, they, if they did not have that, they would never not be on stage, you know? So I wanted to, so I went to NRK. Uh, and I was like, listen, I have this pitch called Stand Up Battle Royale, where we do a big, big, big stand up competition, invite everybody in Norway, and they will compete like in four stages, and we will try to make 100 people become one. And that one will like get an award. Uh, and that award, I like talked to NRK about, was I wanted them to ha- have like a half hour special. Yeah. On NRK, yeah, that was the that was the um, price, you know? yeah. And then if that was the price, I'd probably have all the biggest comedians in Norway also competing for that spot, yeah. But um NRK, they, they told me like, "Oh, we're interested, but um let's talk about this uh in autumn." Mm. And for me, I have this—I have ADHD. I I don't have like that patience. No, and I've been like through TV a lot, so it's like some. It's some productions you have to have television. Like I can't do like a drama show without a television channel because it costs you at least ten million. You yeah, know? big crew and everything. Yes, but a stand-up competition I can probably produce that and I can do it well. You know? Okay, so you're gonna do it independently. I'm gonna do it independently. Wow. And then I'm like, That's I need huge. a price, and then yeah. I was like, just I just I just. I can probably get like 100K somewhere. <laughs> so I just put 100K on the table and I just made a poster with my girl and then uh, we posted it and uh, my accountant sent me a message was like, 100K, really? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you gonna get that from? But uh, we sorted it out and I just wanna like have a competition. I want like every comedian, that, like if someone bombs and they do it really shitty, I'm not even gonna show it, yeah. you know? I... I wanted to like I wanted to honor the good ones. I wanted to nice. lift them. I wanted to like I'd give them a proper production. Mm. I wanted to give them four angles and grade it properly and mm. like give everybody like a good clip of themselves doing like their best minutes. Yeah. And then we'll like end up with a winner as well and I also want to make a big ass belt for the winner. Oh dude. Yeah, yeah. UFC yeah. style, yeah, oh, and, wrestling style. And just like uh, and like now I'm doing it independent, but if I get like a sponsor on Mm. next year like just up the price up the ante up the price and like how much would the prize money had to be before you have like Bortuft, Johansson, and, yeah.
0: and uh, fucking dog Seros competing for the money, you know? Yeah, wow, that sounds like a really good thing, man. Like, it sounds like it's a great opportunity for comedians, and you're doing it in the right way. Because with the Falkenstel target thing, like, it just looked like they didn't want comedians. They wanted like a freak show. Yeah, You know? Yeah, that,
1: and that's like, I understand, because yeah. you're like tabloid, but at the same time, like, it's such a missed opportunity, man. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to like do that. And I- imagine also like having like 100 comedians doing their best five minutes and having that archived. Yeah. Having yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Just having that archive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to know how stand up was in 2023? Yeah. Well, here's a fucking archive mm. shot from four angles and edited by an award winning editor, you know? Yeah. Are you going to do it at. Do you have a venue in mind? Or I'm going to do like Neo Sene uh, yeah. for the auditions, mm. and I'm going to do like the semi and the finals at Cosmopolitan.
0: Nice. So that's the first time I'm seeing it, too. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, so dude. you got an announcement on the show. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a fucking awesome thing. And people, like, if how many? You get 100 people, 100 I got, comics? I want to have 100. So we have, like, a 60, 70 now. Mm. So I'm just
1: going to push it a little bit more through the summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I want to have, like, and I'm just going to, like, when I have, have them all sorted, I'm going to go through it. And I know a lot of comedians that have not applied. I'm just going to call them and be like, listen, dude, like, you, do you not want 100K? Yeah, get on it. Come and do your best five, dude. Is uh, that what it
0: is to start off with? Five minutes? Like I'll, how do you do the structure already?
1: I want to do the structure like uh, everybody does a five. Yeah. And we have a jury. Yeah. I've talked to uh, Martin Lepida. Mm. I've talked to Lars Badum. Yeah. Talked to Ola Su. Mm. Uh, I want to talk to Sigrid Buntisvik. I want to have her because she's.
0: A lot of the young cats don't know that, but she's a uh, killer. She's killer. Stone dude. cold killer. Killer. She, I saw her for the first time maybe like 12, 13 years ago. Yeah, when yeah. When I yeah. came, when I just came to Norway, they had this show in Grunålker, okay. like yeah. Blue Mandag or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Blue Mandag, Yeah. That's it. My girlfriend knew Sigrid a little bit. She goes, "Do you want to go?" This yeah. must have been like two thousand and eight. Yeah. And then I went, I didn't really understand shit, but I could tell that like she was fucking killing it. And then I did a show with her in Stavango yeah. and backstage she was real nervous, you know? Yeah. And I go, hey, you know, what, what are you doing? She goes, oh, this is all new, 20 new minutes. And I go, oh shit. That's why she was really focused on everything. We're just joking around backstage and she's like studying the jokes. And then I went, and then, and then she, yeah, she headlined and then I watched her set and it was just murder. I, M- I saw murder. her in Bergen. Uh, the first time I did Bergen in my life, it was
1: 20, uh, 2015. Yeah. And she had, like, blew up with the podcast. She the Two and Container. Yeah. And they we did a show at the Ricks back then. It was not Billy but it was Ricks. And they upgraded from the, the they had, like, a stage in the basement. So they yeah. upgraded to the main stage. Big-ass yeah. theater. 400 people. Yeah. And she packed it because she was headlining the show. Yeah. And she packed packed and she was at the time she she could probably do like big venues but she's like always been a club comedian yeah by heart mm. she's always like appreciated the stand-up clubs so like she, she like, of course came and headlined that spot and she headlined that spot and I was there and that was my first time seeing her first time like performing outside of Oslo and I was quite nervous and I'm like ah I'm nervous and she's like I'm nervous too She's like, I always get nervous. I'm like, You do? I'm like, yeah, hey, you've been doing this for quite some time. Yeah, I always get nervous. I'm like, Do you also need to, like, take a shit when you're <laughs> nervous? She's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's normal. I'm like, And I haven't eaten today. And she's like, Yeah, that's the weird part. Like, if you're not, like, have, if you have no st- food in your stomach, your body will produce shit because you're nervous. Wow. <laughs> oh, and yeah. just, she just made some shit up. Yeah. And we're just laughing about that. And I went up on stage and I killed it. I remember I just did a killer set. Went off, I'm like, whew, how how are you gonna follow up on that, like that's it. And she went up and she talked about the conversation I had with her Mm. for like five minutes and nailed it. And then she went into like five more improvised, improvised minutes about like Bergen. Yeah. And then she went into like 15 killer minutes and I'm like, oh my god it's levels to yeah, this shit. levels to the game it's levels to this game and i really i appreciated that when i saw that i'm like oh because I, I i i got cocky a lot of times and i had to see some really good comedians and and also like look at them and just like know like Oof. Hmm. That's the level above me right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good to recognize that. It's really healthy, man. I think so. And it's inspiring. Imagine if you were like, oh, shoot, I'm the best. I did it. This is it. Yeah. You you would not have anything to achieve. But it's also like
1: nice to do the opposite, too. Yeah. Like I remember seeing like Chris Rock Mm. at uh, Spectrum. I love Chris Rock. But I remember like an hour and a half into the show, I'm like watching my time, like, Mm. done. Mm. You done soon. Yeah. I remember like seeing Bill Burr working out material in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I did it. I did a better set yesterday. Yeah, and that's also important because I'm, it doesn't mean like you're better than Chris Rock and Bill Burr. Mm. But it means like they are not like gods. No, they they are doing things that you can also do
0: if you put like proper work into it. That's really inspiring too. Because then you understand you don't have to. The thing that I'm understanding like as I'm going on this comedy journey, is that as comedians, we're all just people writing jokes. And it's like some people have a lot of different experience that really helps with that process. But at the end of the day, everybody's gonna sit down with a blank page and everybody's going to write something, and yeah. everybody's going to perform it. Yeah. And maybe you see something that somebody's done a hundred times, yeah. but at a certain point, you're going to see something that somebody's done for the first time. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not always... Like, you might do your set that you've been killing with for a year, yeah. and they do their set that they've just done for the first time. And you go, huh, I did, I did so... So much better than them. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah,
1: you did, but that's all your shit. That, that's what I also like, noticed a lot. That's one of the things that you also learn a lot when you're trying to grow as a comedian. Yeah. Because you have to, like, you have this need to murder, you know? Mm, like, you have this. Blood loss. Yeah, but you have, like, oh, oh, I remember, like, being backstage and I remember seeing, like, a comedian in, for me going up. Like, he's doing well, and the audience are laughing. I'm like, oh, you guys laughing now? yeah are you guys laughing now <laughs> fucking hell i can't wait to see me yeah. like i was so full of confidence yeah and i i uh i needed that you know like i i really needed that confidence but i was gonna say something else like what were you saying we're you uh, saying something right before this
0: I, w- I was talking maybe about like how everybody has to start yeah, and, that's,
1: and I had this need to kill, I need to murder, like, every set I did. Like, okay, I know I have 15 minutes, and I know if I do those 15 minutes, I will kill. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, now I have to try something different, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And if you try something different once, it will not work as well, mm. and you will not, like, murder as much. But if you're not comfortable with that, you go straight back to that. Uh, old material, mm. you know, because it did not old straight back to the old style. Safe, yeah, safe, because you're like, oh, I kill it when I do this, but when I do this, it does not work as it should work. Yeah. But when I came six years in, I had this confidence from like, okay, you know what, I don't need to kill. Okay. And now I want to become better, you know. Yeah. So okay, let's say I do a set, and that set was like six out of ten for me. Yeah. That was better for me than a ten out of ten set.
0: That you've done 100 times.
1: Yeah, because I do a 10 out of 10 set. Okay, I know I can murder. Yeah. I know I can kill. I know yeah. I have jokes that I can deliver. Like, I know, like, if you put me up in front of an audience, and you're like, okay, you do 50 minutes of your best material, I guarantee you they will laugh. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I want to explore my style. Okay, how, how am I as a stage writer? Mm. You know? How am I when I talk about this? How am I, how am I when my energy is, like, lower how am I when I speak like this or like this, or maybe I should try character. Like yeah. so many things you can try, but so many people like they they murder like in a s- certain way mm. early, and they stick to that. Yeah, yeah. And if you like lose your like uh, love for experimenting and yeah. love for developing and yeah. becoming better,
0: you uh, get addicted to being a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. not a fucking explorer.
1: And that's and that's. Uh, I really feel like that's a uh, a big trap when you see like especially when you see people like from you know when you see those old the old cats from Lotted, you know mm, mm, mm. when you see them and you're like it feels so outdated yeah and it feels like are you doing are you doing what is this like this is <sighs> women be like this and and they like they found a thing back in the days and they just stuck with it yeah and they and they are like in a predicament right now where they cannot experiment because every job they have is a lot of money you know yeah. So they do corporate gig, they can not experiment on a corporate gig. Mm. And, then the, and they perform just a lotter. And you can not change your style up when you have like one week in a month in lotser, you know? So you lose your opportunity to experiment. And that's what we're talking about early on today as well. Like when people blow up early. Yeah. And they got like put in a position early where they have to like perform and where the network comes to them like, hey, we wanna work with you. And they have like done comedy for a year. yeah. They end up, like, they cannot develop as much because Mm. they have, like, expectations when people see them. Yeah. And they have to deliver certain things. Suddenly they are headlining. A year and a half in, they should not be headlining. And then it's like the pressure is already there and it cannot bump, you know? Yeah. So what's the solution? The solution is to be patient, man. Yeah. The solution is to, like, and if you get, like, an opportunity early on, the solution is to keep, going up like I tell this to everybody who blows up and it's like, especially from stand up, like people, some people blow up from TikTok and Instagram. That's not my world. But if people blow up from stand comedy, it's like, don't stop doing it. Like, don't mm. stop doing the shit gigs. Don't stop doing the fucking stand up Lincoln. Don't stop doing those weird ass places. Don't yeah. stop traveling. Don't stop. Because if you 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 did these things. Yeah. Like you did those shit gigs, you did the good gigs, you did this, like you traveled, and then you got presented with opportunities. If you stop doing this and just like start doing your opportunities, you stop generating new opportunities. Yeah, You have to keep doing what generated this opportunity. And then as long as you keep doing this, the opportunity will come back and will come back and we come back and you can keep experimenting.
0: Man, you know, what you said kind of really made me think about something because I used to think that Lincoln was this, like, really shit stage. And then I changed my opinion to thinking it's, like, the most important stage in Norway.
1: For me, it's actually, like, unironically, it's one of the most important stages in Norway. Right. And the reason I say that is because of my particular situation. It's not I'm not saying it is a... Oh, that's one of the important, but I live close by, Mm
0: -hmm. you know?
1: So for me, it was like, I remember one day, I was just walking home, and I just stopped. I was like, what the fuck, stand up in the street, (laughs) and it's free, and I saw like six people in the audience like looked like hostages, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck is this? And I went in, I'm like, can I do a spot? Yeah, you're next up. (laughs) And I'm like, hell yeah, and I just did five minutes to those six hostages, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) then, That's how it looks like. They they are they because they can't even leave because you you're standing just by the (laughs) door.
0: You're
1: blocking the door. (laughs) You're blocking the door, like physically blocking the door. And then I'm like, and I did that spot, and I went out. I'm like, do you guys do this every Thursday? Like, yeah, we do this every Thursday. I'm like, nice. And I went up to, uh, I went up to, uh, I went back home, and I was chilling home. And I remember, like, two weeks later, I'm just sitting home in a Thursday. I'm like. And I remember like, nah, what the fuck? Why am I sitting home with my girlfriend? Why am I watching like this? This is not my life. I'm mm-hmm. not like in a fucking accountant. You know, mm-hmm. I don't ride my bike to work. I am a comedian. It's a fucking Thursday. I need a spot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got that Lincoln ship. And I went down and they I have this thing that I really enjoy where, because I've been performed a lot and I don't want to be cocky. I'm like, hey, man. Uh, but I wanna have the, I, I, I hope I paid enough dues to be able to come in and be like, can I do five? Yeah, And they'd be like, yes. Cause that was always a dream of mine. As yeah. well. <laughs> coming up, <laughs> like come into a club and just getting five minutes whenever I wanted to. <laughs> so I did at Lincoln I remember, I also like went to, I was at and uh, just chilling. And I was talking with like uh, Jonas Bergman. Yeah. Jonas Bergland, And then I just like, it's a thirst, I'm like, hey man, come. And, and he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Just come." He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I'm gonna show you something," and I just took him out. He's like, "Wait, just come, just come, just come," and we just went down. I'm like, "Come, come, come," and he's like, "What the fuck, I'm like, "Come in here," and went into the stand up Lincoln. There's a show going on, and I, I think you were there.
0: I remember that night. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was there.
1: And I just told MC, I'm like, "Hey, I brought you on this body long. I want to do five. You want to do five? Yeah. you can, hey, you guys are next up." And he's like, "I'm." what the fuck dude i just wanted to have a beer with you like i don't want to i'm like you're a comedian dude like we this is what we do
0: but like, this is what we do you know oh, man i remember that night i remember that, exactly that night yeah. because i was i was supposed to go up you came in and we bumped you yeah you bumped me but i was like oh shit that's that's cool i got all night and Definitely. i think you guys had another spot yeah, yeah yeah later on and then i think marco was hosting and he, he was supposed to put you up and then you and us up and then he put you up, and then he put me up, and then he put you and us up. And I went there to work on some terrible new <laughs> material. Some shit about why parrots are like the worst pets for pirates, because they're the only bird that can tell people where the treasure is. And it was like such a dumb joke. And I felt like such an <laughs> idiot doing that joke in front of you guys.
1: <laughs> oh, that's such a shit. You know what, props to you, dude. Yeah, okay. for, for seriously, man, props to you. Just be like, you know what,
0: I, I can do my best <laughs> material now, but I had a plan with this gig and <laughs> I'm sticking plan. to it. I, don't, I was like, oh man, this is, <laughs> okay. And I hadn't worked anything out. And I was like, I'm going to try writing on stage about Pirates and Parrots. Yeah. And then I went with it. Uh, that's, Holy shit. Uh, that's, uh, that's, I uh, respect it. Yeah, respect. man, listen, dude. like there's so many people that look up to you and that look up to Eunice and look up to comedians that we admire. Mm. And then when those people are in the audience, it does something to us. Yeah, We're like, oh I shit. Understand. Yeah. I understand. I still have that, dude yeah I still have
1: that and i was that was like i remember like i did a i did a show uh, back in twenty seventeen it was at the uh, store okay and store is like uh, you know so please is yep yeah so i was there and they and then Jonny asked me if i could perform uh, like during in uh, during the show sometime and that was like an exciting thing for me because it was a lot of people from the comedy scene, like mm. all the big comedians were there, mm. and all it was audience there, but it was all the big comedians were there. And I'm like, I've been killing it now for like three years. It's time to show them. Yeah, time to show Let's them. Go. Let's go, baby. <laughs> and I, and I, I went on stage, and then I'm like, hey, "Hello, how you guys doing?" And then I, I said like something. I'm. I messed up a sentence like quite early, and then the comedians started to laugh, you know? Because that's what comedians do. Like if you fuck up something or you or you bob or you do, that's really entertaining for us, you know? So I, I, I fucked the sentence up, and then the comedians in the back started to laugh, and then I did like a joke that was how I was supposed to do the joke, and then the audience in the front laughed. Mm. So the audience laughed when I did my jokes well, mm. And the comedians laughed when I kind of fucked up my set. yeah And as stupid as I was, I decided at that moment that I don't give a fuck about the audience. Oh. <laughs> I want the comedians to enjoy this. So I started like to fuck my sentences up on oh. purpose oh, shit. and I fuck- And what happened is when you lose the audience, you also kind of lose because the comedians don't care, man, dude. They want to talk to each other. They don't care about you. They watch a little bit, a oh, nice bit, nice, but they don't care that much mm. unless they're like obsessed with it. And I remember like doing probably the worst set of my life at the time. Yeah. And during that, I like I did a the worst set of my life at the time. And I remember when it going off, and I like made a promise to myself where I'm like, I will never ever again not like because if I if I kill. Mm. for the audience mm. the comedians will respect that yeah you play to the comedians not the audience yes and, and I, they... I i i reg- i learned a lot from that and i never do that again like yeah. i can do some like i did this thing where i'm like i was doing some shows now in the summer i did one with martin leper and jonas know mm. and i told them because we were doing like a rowdy show with some drunk people i'm like ah i'm gonna hit them with the classics you know and then know who's been like doing this for like 20 years longer than me, was like, "Classics? What the? F- How can you call your own bits classics?" <laughs> and he's just making fun of me, you know. So I went on stage, and then I'm like yeah, they're having fun with the audience. And then I looked at Umar. I looked at the audience. I'm like, "Are you guys ready for the classics?" <laughs> and the audience, and Umar saw him laugh, as so I was like, "Oh, that was a joke for you, but..." I'm still playing for, playing for the audience now, yeah. like I'm not doing this for you now, but I'm, I'm giving you not like a line, like, uh, I want to I wanna give you this one, so you can laugh from the conversation we had, yeah. and we have our own thing, but I will deliver the classics. I will do it, and I will perform this bit, you know. Yeah. So
0: I learned a lot from that uh, gig from store prison. Yeah. I feel like everybody always says this, but like you learn the best lessons when you fuck up. You do. Right? You do. And that's another cool thing that happened between you and me is I did a set at uh, Revolver. Yeah. And I ate shit. And I don't think you saw it, but you uh. were backstage and, I, and you go, hey, how was it? And I go, oh man, I think I bombed. And this might have been like one of the first or second times I spoke to you ever. And the first thing you did, you shook my hand, and then you told me a story about when you bombed, oh. and I was like, "Oh fuck it, I can't remember." It was a story about you bombing in the rain, maybe at like something too. So I, I, I can't. I remember. bombed a lot, dude. Yeah, but yeah. I feel I feel like when you hear somebody who's deeper in the game yeah. share their pain yeah. and go, "Oh, I bombed a lot," you go, yeah. "Oh yeah, I guess that's just what happens," right?
1: And, yeah, and I think the worst thing, the thing that is the least interesting for me when I see young comedians and new comedians coming up. The thing that, like, I I am really interested with people that bomb and do, like, really weird, fucked up shit that does not work mm. and people that have, that kill and do something uniquely beautiful. Mm. What I am not fond of is just normal, mm. you know, because that means, that tells me, like, you have seen a lot of c- comedy, but you're not... St- Taking risks, so when you bomb, for instance, in moment I have a much more respect for that. Because you're swinging, you're
0: because fucking swinging. You're swinging for it. it. Yeah. You're
1: trying something, and you learned something, oh. and you're probably going home, and you're a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. Yeah. And some people just bomb again and again and again, and are like. I'd say like, uh, retarded. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. they, they don't get like, oh, but if, you, if all you do is bomb, yeah. maybe this is not for you. Like yeah. We gotta we got have that honest conversation too, but if you are like swinging for it, and you're bombing, and you're trying things, and you're doing well sometimes, and you're bombing sometimes, and that's such a real better process to have. Mm. And I remember like when I was coming up, we had like we had like two fractions in comedy, we had like the, the stand-up stand-ups the traditional stand-ups i was like in that like particular demographic yeah and then you had like the other one that we like we had a lot of comedians that came from uh, twitter like really? they, they were twitter like they were like really funny on twitter and twitter was popular they got for instance yeah he was like one of the uh, greatest one from that like twitter a generation twitter yeah but i remember like all these twitter comedians they were like they wrote like so brilliant things on, on Twitter. Mm. Uh, and they wrote like probably like smarter things that th- a lot of the stand ups wrote. But the stand ups had been performing on stages so much. So they were like more comfortable on stages. Yeah. So that you had like this fraction that were like, we are like uh, weird and we're like, you we call it like alt comedy. Yeah. You know? and they started like to do comedy in their like they had like own spots they did not like do the other spots but they did like their own like shows where it was kind of like the same audiences and the same group of people like enjoyed this particular type of comedy they gathered like in for instance in saul which was a comedy club in granland so i remember like seeing them and I, i was I was, I was enraged when I saw them mm. the first time. I really did not like it. Like I've grown, <laughs> to, grown to love some of them, but I, I remember I did not like it at all. And I could not like put my finger on why I was like, why do I not like this? Mm. Like it's ha- so hard to tell. But I, I found out why I did not like it. And the reason I did not like liked it because was, when I do comedy, I'm always vulnerable. Like, I do a joke, and if that joke does not work, I am a shit comedian, you know? But they had this style that was like, they were like reading some funny things, and if you weren't laughing, that was like the plan, you know? Like, you were, oh, you're not supposed to laugh, you know? Like, but if you laughed, you get it, you know? Like, ah. so it was like this thing where there was no accountability yeah. for like a shit shit gig. And it felt so bad because I'm like putting up, stretching out my neck every gig. Yeah. And then you see someone like, I don't care if you, I don't care if you like it or not. You know? yeah. I don't care if you laugh. You know? And that was so infuri- infuriating for me because I really cared about them laughing. You know? yeah. So that was like my big uh, pet peeve with that uh, type of, uh, I don't know how I ended up in this trajectory.
0: I don't know, but did that kind of style of comedy die out? That,
1: no, it, I like mean, is it still it, around? It, devel- it developed. It developed. Yeah, I'd say it became better. Like, have you seen Vega? Two, three, seven, seven. Yep. Yeah, because what happened was he went from that, but he just was relentless on stage too. Mm. So he like found his like stage persona. Yeah. And then you have like this, like I'd say, from the new comedians that are coming up now, like the ones that would like do well in those type of rooms. Guti mm. out there. He would do well in that room. Yeah. Uh, Snorre. Yeah. Would probably do well in that room, uh, and then you have like people like Espen. They would not do well in that room. Nah. I remember like I had this thing where I was. Th- this is my first bomb. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. I uh, had like uh, it was my third show. Uh, I did not know anything about the comedy stage. I was talking to like uh, Joachim Skage, who runs uh, deco, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, man." I really wanna do more comedy, man. And yeah, do you know where I can do more comedy? And he's like, yeah, it's a lot of clubs. I'm like, where are the clubs? I've been trying to Google it. All I was oh, like, oh, that guy runs a club. And he pointed his finger at Francisco Brisseno. Mm. And he had like this long hair back in the time Beautiful. and he had his shirt on. I'm like, this guy runs comedy. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy runs shit, you know? So I went to him, I'm like, hey, Francisco. And I, like, hey, my name is Jonas. I'm a stockbroker, but I'm a comedian now and I want to do more comedy. I heard you had a club. Like, what would it take for me to get an opportunity to stand perform at your club? It's like, oh, you want to go up on Wednesday? (laughs) So (laughs) so it was that easy. So I was like, uh, so I went to that club, and that club had me, and uh, it was like Amir Azghar Najad and Francisco, uh, Udin Ericsson and Jim Swan. I love Jim Swan. Yeah, and they had like this group called, they called Laugh. Yeah so was tw- that in Greenland? They w- it was in Grenland, but it was all over. So it was yeah, okay. Amir, Odin, Francisco and Jim. So they were like this group. And they like arranged this thing called Laugh. And then they had booked like for this show it was me, I remember. A uh, dog Suros was there. And they had um Veg mm. side. Uh, and they had other uh, but that's the three I remember because what happened was I uh, <laughs> I feel so shit. I was nervous, you know? So I was like, I'm so fucking nervous. I'm tired of being nervous because every time I perform, I perform two times at a time, I feel so nervous that it fucks my flow up, I felt like. So I'm like, I need to get get it down. So I took a bear, I took another bear, and I'm like, I'm still nervous, and I smoked a joint on the balcony of that venue. And I'm like, okay, I'm not nervous anymore. And then like, ladies and gentlemen, the next comedian, is I and mean, before me it was Vega Trigusai. okay, and he did this joke where he was dying and just looked at his notes and he just mumbled like, careful. It's like, is it? If there's one thing the movie Perfect Storm taught us is that the ocean gives and the ocean takes, <laughs> and the room just went wild. Okay, and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't get it, you know, and then. After him, they were like, uh, and then there was like, uh, and before before Vega, it was Dog Sodos, I uh, forget. Yeah. And Dog Sotos kind of bombed, but he did like okay. Yeah. But then Vega came on, and he was murdering with these weird bits, and I was like, what is this? I came from a stand-up club, and Dog is killing it, but they're not laughing, and they're laughing at this. So I was like, oh, I got to be weird, you know? So I went on stage and I'm high and drunk and I'm like, hello everybody, my name is Örjan. Nobody laughs. And in my head I'm like, this joke was supposed to be a killer joke. (laughs) And then I did the shittiest joke of all time. (laughs) Of all time. I wrote this joke. And I'm like, hey guys, (laughs) this is so shit. This is so shit. (laughs) This is like your worst joke it's like, I want to hear, you came, like, okay, listen. I said, um, yeah, so I, uh, I uh, just moved to Oslo and I live in this collective with other people. And when you move into a collective with other people, you kind of get like uh, your hygiene gets exposed, you know? Like everybody does things differently, you know? So it's such a weird thing to like see how other people do things and for them to see how you do things, you know? Like I have this bad habit when I go to the shower. I always have, like, uh, I enjoy my shower, you know. I do, a, I do, a, I enjoy myself in the shower, you know, and I really enjoy myself. So I remember one day I was in the shower, I'm enjoying myself. I came out of the shower, and then my friend went to the bathroom right after me. And then he went in, and then he came out, and then he's like, dude, why is there shit
0: all over the shower? Okay, that was it. That, that was it. <laughs> That was it, oh dude. That was it, dude. Oh man! That, what was it? Just crickets. The joke was silence. Yeah,
1: cr- it, the silence was like, "What the
0: fuck <laughs> is this?" And I, I looked at the audience,
1: and I looked at the time. I'm like, "There's five minutes left." Oh, and I just looked at the audience. I looked at the MC. I looked at the audience again. I'm like, "Guys, I'm not having. To, I'm not having the right day today. I'm off. Thank you." And mm-hmm. just went off
0: stage. Yeah. Yeah. Pull the ejector seat, yeah, get out of there. The joke, you know, you, you understood what I tried to do with that joke, yeah, yeah. I, the I, twist, yeah, the twist. We've been shitting in the toilet instead, in the, of, instead of masturbating, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, such a shit joke, yeah. Did you like ever think I, I, can, wrote I, it. Can, I can I can save this joke no, if no, I just no, no, I spend know. time working on it for the next I, six I, months?
1: I, I like, I, 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 in my head, when I wrote the joke, I'm like, oh, this is a killer, yeah. And I did a joke and I'm like, I immediately knew, like, I'm nervous. We're we visiting you again, pal. Yeah. I'd I, I rather like read a part of the Bible. Yeah. Instead of like... like a really boring part. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah a really boring Where boring. it's
0: like, someone beget this person. Who begot <laughs> that person? Who begot this person? Who, yeah. I have to run to the bathroom real quick. Can I do yeah, it? Yeah, go for it, man. Is There's it one just right there. Back, baby. Back. Ah. Now, so you're not going anywhere for the summer then? You're Summer? Like, yeah, you're just chilling here?
1: Uh, no, I am... Uh, yeah, I I, enjoy, I feel like Norway is so shit, like all... Oh, yeah, ad- sorry. That, no, 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 that, don't worry about it. I, I think kind there. of, yeah. But I feel like Norway is so shit, like, during the uh, winters. Okay. So I try to, like, in you know, stay so much in the summers as possible. Yeah, that's but the I, move. But I'm traveling to do some comedy, though. Yeah. I do have a gig in Copenhagen. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. When? Yeah. I'm doing, going there in September. Oh, wow. I'm bringing Sievert as a... Warm up, so he's going to perform in English. Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know he's from, uh, you know he like lived in Australia, right?
0: Yeah, I had him on as a podcast He guest. told you about it? Yeah, we talked about it. He uh, was there for like five years or something. Yeah, he got a master's in tri- I journalism. I would never think Sivert has no, a fucking he, master's in I, anything. I even
1: sent him with a camera and a microphone to do some interviews during Pride. Yeah, how did it turn out? He does not look like a guy who has a master's in journalistics, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. No no,
0: no,
1: no. What made you choose uh, Sivert to go with you? Uh, I enjoy his company. Like yeah. I, I have this thing where I, when I see, when I feel like someone has something, mm. uh, I used to like be like uh, less, but when I feel like people have something mm. and I enjoy their company, and they're like really easy to like, some people like starts demanding way too much to her. Like I remember like having this young guy back in the days that I took around sometimes, and he started like asking for like, oh, how much how much money is this gig? Or oh, how much do I get for this gig? Yeah. And he's and it's like, oh, so you so, also you like uh, considering it uh, if the money is enough. Yeah. And I did not want that because nah. I feel like if you join me, like I did it, I did it. When I take like uh, young uh, newcomers with me, I don't want to call them young because Galvan was in, older than me for instance. Yeah. But I have like, I've done this for like, I have eight stripes here. Oh, shit. And I'm gonna have my ninth now so I for oh, every damn. year with comedy.
0: That's crazy.
1: And I'm gonna like, so I have a bit of experience and I'm a, b- a really nerd. Yeah. So when I see like young, uh, like comedians in the beginning of their career, I just like, just tell them everything I know. Mm. Just like, and they don't need to like do what I do and do it in my same, I just tell them what I've learned. Yeah. And especially thinking from the business yeah, especially like how like how to do it and and how, but it's so many things you have to learn by yourself. So, but I just try to like teach as much as I can. I'm just like okay, what would I enjoy to know yeah. when I came up? You know?
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: And I just do that a lot. So I like to have some projects every now and then. You know? Yeah. Uh, just like okay, let me see how I want to take you for a couple of weeks and just like a couple of months and just give you good spots take you around, tell you what I know, fix your cool things. And if cool things happen, you might be appreciative. And if it does not happen, well, we'd have fun
0: and we had a good time. Yeah, mm. that's good. Yeah. yeah. I really loved that you put Sivit on at over Oslo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, because I think it was a secret lineup. Uh, I'm not sure whether you announced yeah, it It was a secret lineup, but yeah. And then when I saw it, I go, oh, Sivit! Yeah. Nice! Yes. Yeah. But he has this
1: thing that I enjoy which is if you talk to him like he has this thing where you talk to him he's hilarious dude yeah like off the like off stage yeah he's one of the funniest persons I've ever met. Yeah. He never stops. He never stops me no. You know what happened yesterday? No what happens <laughs> fucking idiot dude like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's such a fucking idiot. He does the dumbest shit. <laughs> I love him. such a fucking idiot. Like, I, I, like, he told me he was broke, so I'm like, okay, I got some gigs for you ready. He's like, oh, gigs? And yeah, and I paid him, like, so much for the gig. Like, yeah. I paid him, like, a thousand, f- a thousand a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's 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 a killer rate, yeah. especially when you, <laughs> yeah. especially when you need the money, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got a gig for you. It's like, yeah, I'll pick you up on Wednesday. Blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like, okay. And then he this he the the day before he decided to like meet up with his cousin and just do like a drug binge to <laughs> eight in the morning. So we are like traveling and we are meeting at the office at one. So it's me and Ahmed and Espen. Mm. So we're like, where's Sievert, you know? And we're trying to call him, we're trying to call him. And two weeks prior to this, we were like, we, we have, like, like I produced his podcast. Yeah. And then we had like a message. Someone's like, have anybody heard from Sievert?" And we're like, what do you mean? It's like, oh, his mother has not heard from him in two days. And we be like, fuck. When was the last time anybody heard? I I met him two days ago, we did some drugs. What? No. And I'm like, oh, he's probably rotting in his apartment right now. And Kevin, you know, he brought like a fucking iron to like, cause he's from like the northern parts of Norway. So he's lost a lot of friends to suicide, you know? Yeah. So he knows what to do. Like just go in there and break up the door confirm he's dead and call the ambulance holy shit so he was we were like 100 percent sure he was dead by that because nobody was getting him. turns out this guy <laughs> lost his phone in a crack
0: oh that fucking! he lost yeah. the
1: phone in a crack and then he was not avail uh he was not like able to get his phone out of the crack so he just like f- let it be and just decided to just stay inside and forgot he had like an appointment with his parents <laughs> and his sister so everybody thought he was dead, you know? <laughs> yeah, what an idiot. Yeah, and then he came out. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm such an idiot. I'm retarded. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, dude. So that was the first time. So yesterday, we're leaving. I'm like, anybody heard from him? It's like, on Facebook, last scene, last 15 hours ago. Yeah. All his phones are shut. Nobody's heard from him. And I'm like, oh, he's probably dead again. <laughs> but I'm like, this time, don't rush. Like, if he's dead, yeah. let it smell yeah yeah let's <laughs> let it, let, it let, let the corpse rot for let a it lot. let it rot a little bit and then we're like jumping in the car and we're waiting for him two hours helping the car and then we're like fuck it we just drive and then we're, we're like 30 minutes away from the destination which takes like two hours to drive to we got a call see it it's like hey 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 man have you guys left like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the show is in an hour it's like oh fuck fuck yeah gotta take a train we're like no we're like what, what happened Oh, he's like, oh, I'm oh, sorry, man. I saw my cousin yesterday. We did a binge, and I went home and I t- put my phone on airplane mode. Yeah. And I, and I was classic. like, dude, dude, you don't have like, a, you don't have work right now. Like, you don't have, a, you have no job.
0: <laughs> you just lost money. The only
1: gig you had was a stand-up gig yeah. in the evening on a Wednesday, where you get picked up, dropped off, picked up and dropped off. And you fucking overslept <laughs> That's crazy What a moron And, he, and he's like I don't know man
0: I'm so retarded
1: man Yeah but I, but I But I I, ended up like I ended up paying him For that gig too Really Yeah 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 Oh I'm you're just,
0: such a nice guy man Nah no,
1: but I He's gonna
0: work for that money Okay good Yeah It's not charity He's gonna <laughs>
1: I hope he le- knows
0: how to twerk you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah
1: he owes you Yeah yeah yeah
0: Shit so he was supposed To be on the gig last night mm-hmm. When you drove down With Ahmed yeah. And Espen Yeah yeah yeah. But
1: that's the that's the reason why I have secret lineups, you know? Yeah. Because I have, I book so many retards and so
0: many uh, like unpredictable dudes. Yeah. But those are always the funniest, the funniest. dudes. The so, person yeah. that's like the most structured isn't going to go off the rails comedically. Or- no, but he's going to do those 20. Good. And it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, another thing that like, I'm really interested in what you're doing is with Juicy. Yeah. Because it's like uh, all of a sudden like, uh, Espen and Tullock and Sievert and Mayonnaise Mafia and Snora and you've got like this whole podcast network and I know you're probably doing more stuff with that yeah. as well and I'm like oh shit that's fucking awesome I
1: uh, earned a, um, worked a lot like the last three years I earned some money yeah. I bought myself an apartment but I but I don't like sitting on money nah like a lot of people are content with like oh I have a I have money in my bank account. Mm. Boring. But I I, can, but I I can I can't like you just I oh I have, oh, I, have I have sixty thousand. I can buy that expensive thing I always wanted. Yeah. Or oh I have that. Oh I can. I always see money as a thing that has to be like spent. Yeah. That's it. I, I came from a broke home, you know. Yeah. So that's the mentality you kind of develop. Yeah. Uh, so when I started like making money, I ended up like making money uh, contractually. So I had like uh, a year, like I let's say I make one point uh, x million, one point nine, bro. No, let's what go big? No, I, I, But I I can do one point nine if I like. I don't have that money <laughs> okay, thing. i Norwegian no, but I'm not I'm, <laughs> embarrassed to talk about money. Okay, like yeah. I have no, I had. I don't know why people struggle with that, but I like I have like this TV thing where I get like uh, a little bit over a, a million, and then you have to do like. You do stand-up comedy as well And Mm-mm. you can generate other things And I was like so Overproductive Like I did like uh, I had my own show That I was like Traveling around with I did uh, um, I did a radio show Every week With Martin and Henrik Yeah and Awesome show Thank you Hilarious I yeah. love the clips Thank you my I friend. love
0: I fucking love it Thank you friend. Dinger Yes
1: Yeah 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 So we have that show And I, while I was doing that show I was like doing other things I was like I generated some money But My expenses are not that high because I pay my house, I pay for my car, and I pay uh, my parents' uh, loan. Yeah. And I like have some expenses every every, every here and there, but it's basically controlled, you know. Yeah. So I wanted to do something else with the rest of my money. So I uh, wanted to like I always wanted to have like this production. I wanted to have like this clubhouse of comedians, you know. Yeah. I wanted to have a place where people can meet, where like. Oh, you want to do something here? Oh, you want to do a sketch? Mm. Here's cameras. Here's a here's a editor, and here's a sound guy. Go ahead, do your sketch. Oh, you want to do a podcast? Oh, here's a podcast studio. Go in there, record your podcast. Oh, you wanna you wanna do this? Oh, here's we can do this. I just wanted to have the facility to do that. So we lucked out. We've got a great like space above New Year Center, and when mm. we got that space, uh, Kevin Kildal. Mm. He's such a handy dude too, you know. So he uh helped me to like build uh the place. So he's like kinda involved in that. And he was more like just because usually when you do like a business you, you have to have, like, a, a rundown plan, you know? You have to have a... Ah, uh, like c- c- strengths and weakness analysis. Yes, and yeah. P and E, and you have to know where to get your money, and mm. you have to hire people and have expenses, and because you have expenses, you have to do certain things every month. Yeah. I did not want to do that. So I, I wanted to, like, okay, how can I take all the risk yeah. from my end mm. and just produce a lot of things mm and if anything goes well, that'd be the main come of in source a main source of income. Oh, so you're just kind of like throwing a lot out and throwing, seeing what sticks. Yes. That's the hundred percent what I'm doing. Oh. Like I just do create a studio, create we have not generated one dollar yet. No. Nah. Not one dollar, man. No. but I spent like over a million.
0: Already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But up, I, up on the ju- on on, on th- the juicy, on payments to people, on like things, on like Wow, so you're like on a on the balance sheet you're a million minus oh it's so red dude wow but at the same
1: time i i have no doubts it's going to be okay because as long as i keep doing that like let's say like i remember like when i first did it i put in money and I, yes got up a studio got up the studio with um with um uh, my nest mafia with uh, Talak and Siebert and Se- Sebe. Yeah. and I did backflip with yeah. Snorre, and I did Abramson show with Espen Abramson. Yeah. Produced all those, and I left for travel because I was burnt out. Mm. But while I was traveling, like I, I got a weekly episode of all these shows that I was like listening to and enjoying the fuck out of. Yeah, and in my head, I'm like, this sh- shit exists mm. because of my investments. Yeah. This shit exists because I, because of my relationship with these guys. Mm. This shit exists because I exist and because they exist. Yeah, like they would probably do something if I didn't exist, but it would do some.
0: It would probably be something a little bit different. Yeah. Did you know something that you said that kind of like that? I love that you said that. It's like you're just gonna do things that you want to do, and you know it's gonna work out. Yeah. Like you have this, and I've heard this about you before, is that you have this unwavering belief in the things that you're doing. yeah, And I've heard that about you when it comes to like TV shows right. and things that like, maybe somebody says, no, that's not gonna work. And yeah. then you just go, no, no, no. It's, it's gonna, gonna work. fucking work. It's gonna work. It's gonna and work. I just wanna know like, how do you, is this like a vision that you have in your head that you're just like, I know there's gonna be obstacles. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna answer every obstacle. Or yeah. is it just like a faith that what you're working on is gonna be so good that eventually other people are gonna see what you see? it's a really good question i i think it's it it came
1: from when i first like uh, changed my life like i had a friend that committed suicide when i was 20 years old Mm. 21 years old and he was like one of my best friends and when he committed suicide i remember being like really angry with him you know just like why did you do it and why did you do it so boring and life and i just had so many thoughts about life that were like really weird and then i also did a, a lot of dmt in this period and i remember like it was like uh, first the suicide thing at first the suicide thing uh, it ended up making me think okay life is fragile life is short life is just a long suicide hmm. so instead of me spending time and energy doing something i don't want to do i rather just do what i do and take the consequences of it you know and then i had this other thing that i brought from finance that was a risk and reward goes hand in hand you cannot have like high reward without taking high risks it's impossible it's impossible and you cannot like Take low risk and have a high reward. It, it goes hand in hand. The higher the risk, the higher the potential reward, and the higher the potential fall. Yeah, correct. And then the last thing I had was I had this profound, deep thing when I was on DMT mm. that it kind of it was so weird because I I did like I did a DMT trip when I was super depressed. My friend died. My girl left me. I was broke. I had a depth to my neck. I was the most skinny I've ever been. I was not looking good. My parents were kind of like disappointed with me. I didn't have a contact with my friends. It was like I was in a dark place, you know. And then I met this guy and, we did, uh, and he had DMT and I really wanted to try DMT. And we smoked DMT. And I did it like proper Terrence McKenna style. Yeah, heroic. heroic. Heroic doses. You know, so I did like one big bong, like one big uh, inhalation of a bong. And then I did a second. And then I did a third. Mm-hmm. And when I did that third, I heard like a whoosh, like a, this light sound. And then I was, I was flying through colors that looked like this table. And then I came through like to a place. And when I came to this place, it was... Such so, I sound sh- so stupid right now, but I'll just keep going because I came to this place and I saw like a lot of entities that were like, just like filling me with love. Like mm. they were like, love you, be love. And I felt the love, and I felt and and I felt this divine thing. And I was like, life is not in that room. Life is so bigger. Mm. Like, this is this is where I want to be. You know. Mm. So I landed back because it just takes five minutes, but it feels like an eternity. Mm. So I landed in my body, came back, and I'm like, I wanna go back, I wanna go back, I wanna go back. And then I'm like, feel the bong, feel the bong. And we feel the bong, and I did three more. I did another heroic dose. But this time what happened was I did not you get, pop through. get through. No. But I felt like I stopped right before I came through. Yeah. And then I had like voices in my head that were my own voice, but it felt like it was someone else's voice. That was like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? You have this golden opportunity. We gave you fucking a healthy body. We gave you a quick mind. We gave you a life in Norway, in Oslo in 2013. And you're just spending it like depressed, doing drugs and fucking... Come on, why are you trying to come here when you have this? You will get here, but you only get that opportunity once so mm-hmm. you have to like cherish that opportunity see so it was like such a weird thing so when i came back and i took a couple of days after that when all these things were combined my life changed dude because i was like i would just do my thing i would work hard i would follow my intuition and i'll just like believe in that something good would happen and i just done that ever since wow
0: yeah. i had no idea no. So you basically got a message from the spirit realm. I felt. I feel like I did, and I feel like that
1: message it has like it has ended up like being a part of my intuition. It's guiding you. Yeah, it's my, in my intuition. Like I, feel, I can, I can get an opportunity presented. Like I remember, I was getting offered a contract mm. in the beginning
0: of my career, and I had this bad feeling about it. Mm. I just didn't do it. Mm. Are uh, you talking about at maybe Latte? Yes. Where they wanted to lock you in? Yes. I read about that. Yes. Yeah. And I did not do it. And I was like, I, the first
1: like month, I was just regretting it because I lost my income. I was like, fuck, I don't have money. But then because I put myself in that position, I ended up working in a different manner. Yeah. And that ended up giving me a television show, Colin of Gulset. Yeah. So the intuition has not just guided, it, it also guided me like when I was, doing as a stockbroker like it guided me into stockbroking hmm. but as soon as i discovered stand-up comedy my intuition was just too strong to like not do that so when i got an ultimatum to like choose between comedy and uh, finances yeah i chose comedy because my intuition was like no and i had like almost a million a year yeah uh, in finance That's good money yeah and i sacrificed that for literally nothing wow i had like i had some gigs planned for the next week but i was making like 1,000-kroner per gig.
0: Yeah, because one of the kind of challenges that people have is to trust their instinct Mm -hmm. or to trust their logic. Mm -hmm. And the logic doesn't say quit the million a year to do stand-up. No. But the intuition does. Yes. And I feel like you were kind of, I don't know, brave enough or trusting enough to just say, okay, turn off that part. Let's go with the the
1: instinct. And I think also uh, that... I'm not scared of it not working out. Because I feel like a lot of people are scared of things. Now, like I said, when I was at my most depressed, when I had like nothing but like hundreds of thousands in debt, when I had nothing, 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 I always had food, I always had weed, and I always had access to someone who loved me. Wow. You know? So... And I remember like, oh, is this the worst case scenario? Like yeah. this, I am in the bottom of the food chain right now. I don't have an apartment, I have no, but I have access to weed,
0: food, and people who love me. Wow. And I don't need nothing else than that, you know? Dude, that's crazy. So you went from, I had no idea about this, by the way. Uh, so you went from this part of your life, which where you were at like the bottom of everything, just yeah. lost your friends, super depressed, smoke dmt uh-huh. get this kind of divine message start trusting in yourself and now you're yonis yourself you could probably say it like that like yeah. to simplify it yeah, yeah. to simplify yeah. yeah damn that's a cool thing yeah but i'll tell you why that's a cool thing uh, for, it's, it's a cool thing for many reasons but yeah. it's a really cool thing because so many people find themselves in a place of despair so many people think like it doesn't get worse than this but there's always a way that you can turn it around and i love fucking hearing that you did that yeah i love hearing it but i
1: i feel like oh if if we are in a point of despair like it's also like really inspiring because it means like oh so you're at the bottom right now Mm. which means like if you do 10 push-ups today (laughs) Mm. <laughs> your life is already better than yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah doesn't take so, much. It's so easy to have like a day that was better than yesterday. Yeah, if you are like, if we legit are like in that position where yeah. everything is fucked up. Yeah, and some things you cannot control, like tragedy, like
0: yeah, losing people, course.
1: and and those things are a part of life. But yeah. I feel like if you spend your like, if you if you don't like take this opportunity. For what it is like like i have missed like i wanted to be a footballer when i was younger mm. i really want to be a footballer and when you when you know like when you're 17 and you know i ah, i cannot play football in the big stage you get a little bit sad mm. but it's okay it's life you know mm. and you have this thing about some like the older i become the more regrets i have because i don't have regrets but i'm like oh, shit, i can never become an astronaut now Mm. You know, yeah. ah, I can never be a neurologist now. You know, and like I, I have to, I had started ten years ago to become that. Yeah. So it's some things that I legit cannot be. You mm-hmm. know, but there are a lot of things that I still can be. Yeah. And the only thing that like stops you from being those things are you. You know, and yeah. that's such. I think that's super inspiring. Like to to know that. Okay, I and it's also like what you need. Like if your needs are like. 'Cause I never needed uh a lot of money. No. I never needed a lot of like I need full house of comedy. Like my best year in stand up comedy was the first four years. Yeah. So for me it's like I I don't need that much. Which means like I I remember like success, like I had this perimeter for success, which was I just wanna be able to pay the rent. Yeah. With comedy. Mm. Like everything else is a bonus, but I just wanted to pay the rent with comedy. Yeah, and if I'm not paying the rent with comedy, I have to work hard because then I will probably have to find something else to do. But I really wanna pay my rent with comedy. Yeah, but even that to pay the rent with your comedy, even that is a is a blessing. Is a mm. you it's a privilege. It's a dream. It's a dream just to like to pay the rent. But if you stop and you don't like. Uh, take that in yeah you end up like you know, paying your rent with comedy like ah oh, i want to do this and you want to do this and you look at this guy and he's filling out spectrum and like ah oh, how can i do spec, and you're doing well but mm. you're not happy because you're always comparing with other people that are doing Better, quote unquote, or. Yeah,
0: it, I, 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 you know, there's that quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that, like, you gotta really catch yourself on. Yeah. Because, like, understanding that you're just walking in the path and yeah. doing it is enough. Yeah. You know, like, I did this show last night at Salt and, like, I was just happy to be there, man. Yeah. I was just fucking, oh, I'm happy to be here doing mm. the thing that I love. But that's, again, that's the, one of the things I respect
1: about you. And that's Thank why you, I told you yesterday and told you today is that. When you have a love for comedy, it's like it's, it's enough almost. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's so weird because when I see, I see I saw some I saw I talked to some young comedians and they're like, I'm gonna take over the game. Yeah. I'm gonna take over the game. It's like who are you <laughs> like competing, in, taking over the game like? Yeah. Such a high list. This, mm, yeah, this list. Yeah. I've been doing this for nine years and I don't yeah. even want to take over the game. No. No, I just wanna be as good as I can be. Yeah. You have to simplify it, you yeah. know? Like you have to be like, why do I enjoy doing stand up? Yeah. And I enjoy doing stand up because it's such a it's such a beautiful transaction. Yeah. Cause I used to do stockbroking, you know? So yeah the way I earned money was, I took your money and I moved it, and I moved it, and I moved it, and I, it, and I took like commission from every movement. Mm. But, and I remember like if they earned money or if they lost money, it it did not matter to me because no. it was like, oh, the transaction is done. Yeah. And I remember being like jealous of like entrepreneurs and chefs and people that were building things. Like, oh, this guy's building a house right now. Yeah. Oh, this guy's creating this beautiful dish. Mm they're actually creating something bringing something to life yes and I am giving them my hard-earned money because I enjoy that specific thing yeah and that's like a good transaction
0: Mm. and so
1: many things in life are like bad transactions Mm. and I wanted to have good transactions with my main source of income
0: Ah, that's good that's you got like transactional value yes good transactional karma
1: and I remember like doing transactional karma that's what I would love to call it yeah because I would like And I remember like doing a show at the and I did a good show. And when I was done, this woman came to me. She's like, thank you. I've I've been in such a shit place. I needed a laugh. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And then. It's crazy. I just started thinking like she paid money. Yeah. And I was like performing in front of her. Yeah. And she told me, thank you. Yeah. And it actually meant something for her. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to change your life, but
0: sometimes it's like all all someone needs is like I just need five minutes break, man, mm. from
1: this fucking bullshit.
0: Man, the thing is, like, and I don't feel like I properly understand this yet, but like, laughter is medicine. Like, laughter is therapy, and the escape. And like, I feel like people need fantasy. It's and, and when they come to a stand up show, you're like, all right, all the rules mm. of reality you got to turn them all off. We're going on a ride. Mm. This is like a fucking IMAX experience yeah. in going on inside your head. Yeah. It's almost like a combination of a movie yeah. and somebody reading to you when you're a little kid. Yeah. And you go, yeah. huh, I'm seeing it in my head as you're saying it. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. Thank you for making me not think about the mortgage or the yeah. fucking the kids that are complaining. And think about the aspect
1: of it too. Like We live in a society right now where everybody's like... On their phone where mm. right, but it's like doing social like people are not like uh, as connected no as they used to be and sitting in a room with like 100 strangers and me. they are laughing at the same thing you it means like we understand each other yeah and we understood this and we react to the same way to this therefore i am more connected with you that was like one of the main things with hangover it was like i remember this girl told me she's like the weird thing is, like every time I left Hangover, it felt like it felt like I was friends with the room. Mm. That I was becoming friends with everyone around me. Yeah, and that is like, uh, she was like, actually like a really fan though. But I kind of like really appreciated that comment because mm. it's like, oh, because I feel it too when I have a really good show yeah. and I talk to some people. I'm not talking to you to be like, oh, you're ugly or you're fat or I want to talk to you, so you can laugh at you with you, and you can laugh at me with you, and we can laugh at him, and yeah. we can laugh at each other, and we can be friends. Like if you are in a, if you have a group of friends, you make fun of each other and have like fun. Oh, this guy is such an idiot! You know what he did yesterday? Ah, oh, stop it! Mm. You have that feeling, you know? Yeah, and it's, it creates a community creates like connections it, it does it, it does. really
0: creates like a one-night community that exists just then and there in yeah. that moment yeah and it's like people are connected Kruko said this in a way that blew my mind he said the audience is one person mm. he said that and I was like oh shit and in a way like they all sync up you know you have to sync them up I agree with You gotta sync them up yeah Holy and there was a uh,
1: and there was this thing i remember like uh, one of my favorite inspirational things ever was uh gerard carmichael He's like one of my he's my favorite comedian mm. and he he said the thing where it's like he came to this comedy club in somewhere in america and the host came out and was like oh yeah by the way before you go up this is a conservative audience so you should not probably do this and you should probably do this and, the, and then he looked at the host and it's like but these people have never been an audience together before mm. we don't know what type of audience they are like you oh, know yeah. what type of city these are you gotta uncover the audience yes the personality let them let them be who they want to be let them become something don't give them a label before you wow. begin the show you know? yeah you gotta discover who they are yeah. wow that's such fucking deep wisdom yeah. man it is holy shit it is and that's when you see the difference between like i mean, i i, I, as I call it, like loving crowd work yeah and just crowd work for content yeah. loving crowd work is basically like who are who are you guys mm. what brought you here mm. also nice to see you guys here oh we're a room yeah. well someone's because someone sees that quick interaction and things like uh, and forget about the love aspect. Forget
0: about the connection aspect sometimes. Yeah. but um, I love that you keep talking about love, man. Because yeah. I, I really feel it from you. And I, before we even had this conversation, I picked up on those vibes. And I, I I, mean, I can't help but thinking. I'm sure a lot of it's your personality. and But it feels like so much of it got influenced by the DMT. Mm-hmm. And, and I've done my fair share of ayahuasca trips as well. Mm. Like I've gone to the other side you know what i mean Mm. and then like you bring something back with you that stays with you because you realize that there is another level Mm. and that level is pure love Mm. and what you kind of want to do is you want to be an ambassador for love yes sir and all the stuff that you do you just want to like spread that you just want to go this love exists and I'm going to try to broadcast it, whether it's through a show, whether yes. it's through your comedy, whether it's through uniting the room, whether it's through podcasts. Mm. And I fucking love that you do that. And I, I agree with that
1: because I it sounds like such a cliche to be talking about like love is the answer, yeah. love is the way. But one of the conclusions I had after the DMT was that it's either love or fair, you know. Mm. And so it's not love or hate because hate is a type of love. I'd mm. say you know like mm. if i if I really love you and you hurt me and I hate you like that's that's so close to each other, love and hate, but fear is the straight opposite, mm. and I feel like in every aspect of my life, when you have like two choices presented for you, it's like they're fear based or they're love based you know let's say for instance. When i do comedy and i want to do comedy and i get the ultimatum do you want to do finance or do you want to do this it's like i can do finance but if i choose finance it's because i'm scared of what will happen if i don't do finance yeah if i do comedy i do it because i love comedy
0: you know so move in the direction of love yes that's Mm
1: -hmm. a good compass
0: to have i'd say wow cause you're right cuz people would normally like think that the opposite of love is hate no. but if the opposite of love is fear and you're presented with a choice yeah. and one of them is like something that you love and one of them is like oh, I'm scared of this yeah. that should be your indicator it for which be. direction to move yes in. and it's like
1: and fear is such a strong emotion too oh. it's such a strong emotion fear yeah, because yeah. it it tells you like i remember like I remember when I was quitting the job in finance. Mm. M- m- my fear is like, okay, I have this career going on. I have finally get money. I finally have opportunity to pay my debt. I have, a, and then I'm like, okay, but if I do this, I, I am going to die either way, mm. you know. So I can like pay the bills and pay, it, or I can just try to do something that I will enjoy. <laughs> and if it works out, it works out. If it does not work out. The worst thing that can happen is I still have weed, yeah.
0: I still have food, and yeah. I still have people who loves me. Yeah. yeah. Dude, you have one more person that loves you too. Ah, I love you, brother. I, I love, you love you too, my friend. I love you. Listen, I want to say thank you for being a guest. And I want to say like thank you so much for sharing with me your kind of like journey and your philosophy. Because if there's one type of person that I kind of constantly find myself being, And I know a lot of other people feel like this as well. It's somebody that has a choice to make and it feels like it's a brave choice. And it often does involve like, can I be a full-time comedian? Can I be a full-time podcaster? Can I do what I really love? Or do I need to do this other stuff here? Oh, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. But I think by what you've kind of like just told me, which I feel like I kind of knew, but just hearing it from you. Yeah is like now you have like the perfect decision-making tool yeah. to make decisions by. And you fucking did it. You're talking from experience. Ooh! Ooh! Podcast over, ladies and oh, gentlemen. Oh, podcaster.
1: Thank you so much, Inya. You're a wonderful dude,
0: dude. Thanks a lot, brother. Thank you a lot. Brother. All right. See you later, everybody. Bye. Mwah.